Kennedy, John Lucas, Duffy, Frank Bellani, and Justin Babb. NBA Outsiders on Twitter at NBA underscore Outsiders. Don't forget to hit us up. Tell us what you think. But thank you for coming in to listen today. The whole crew is in the house. Frank is actually in the house. He's sitting next to me on the mic with me. Frank, we're in person right now. Duff and Babb, or who knows where. We'll get to them in a minute. How you doing tonight, bro? I'm doing good, man. It's nice to, uh, nice to see you. It's nice to see you. You know, you're home right now. Uh, we get to sit in the same room. We've got our mics up in front of us. Now, Bab and Duff are just like peasants out there. Who knows where? Yeah, man. They, they don't know what's good. Yo, Bab. These fancy mics. What's up? How we doing out there, man? Your team's been struggling a bit. Dude, it hasn't been the funnest last week and a half, but we'll recover. We had that, listen, you know what killed us? That triple overtime game in Minnesota, man. Embiid played 50 minutes. His back's going to need, apparently, years to recover from that. So, I don't know. I'm just – I'm hoping that they stay on the right track because they – besides this past week, they've looked good for the most part um, throughout the season. So, still not worried. Still not worried. But I'm sure outside of Philly, you know, I, I, I know I sent you guys the picture earlier today. It was all over the talk, uh, ESPN talk shows. They were talking about, have we jumped the gun on the process too early and beat still injury prone, blah, blah, blah. But – it was going to come sooner or later this season, and here it is. You know, here's that tough time. But uh, I'm confident we'll get through it. I'm remaining optimistic here. I think there's that, you know, if you want to take take the most positive aspect out of it, you can kind of say if Embiid's going to take a rest at some point or he's going to take it at many points, you'd rather him take it early and throughout the season than all of a sudden he's like end of a season and now breaking oh, down. Now he's breaking down. So, yeah, yeah. Know, and they're saying line. the game he's going to come back. It's Christmas Day, baby, so get your Knicks ready. He better be back for Christmas Day or I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, he's not, uh, he'll be there. Come on. The he'll be there. That's a big story. I'm, I'm going to be there, Christmas so he Day. better be there. That's what I'm saying. I was going to say, Duff, you're going to the game. Sixers, Knicks, Mad Square Garden, Christmas Day. Like, How hype are you for that? It's going to be electric. It's I have always wanted to go since I was a little kid to NBA on Christmas Day. Because, honestly, I don't know about you guys, but every Christmas I just find myself sitting on the couch and just watching basketball all day, just, like, trying not to talk to my family or just only during the commercials or halftime or between games. Like, I, I'm, last year I came back uh, from – I studied abroad a semester. I came back, and I couldn't watch any basketball. And so over Christmas, I was like – I told my family, I was like, I'm just letting all of you know now. I'm watching basketball the whole time, and then I didn't even eat with my family. I ate in the in the living room with my brother. We just watched basketball. That's that's a that's a bold move, and I like it. That's a that's a big baller move. Some would say that's a big baller that's move. That's a big baller move. Um, what I, what I got out of that is that you're a misanthrope. There's a big word for you. Are you a misanthrope, Duff? Uh, define uh, misanthrope. Maybe, <laughs> uh, but I'm not sure you know what that means. So why don't you tell me? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Why don't, I just... why don't you prove to me that you know what that? Means? I just Googled it, so you may have been right <laughs> in that statement like five minutes ago, but now I'm very well educated on the meaning of misanthrope. So, I th- I think sounds like you're one of them. It wrong. Bab, do you, do you want to, like, you know, elaborate? Maybe not everybody knows what that means, and you just use the Google. Yeah, because I, I know what you mean, but I don't know if the listeners know. <laughs> so, a misanthrope is somebody who hates humans, i.e. Duffy. Uh, and yeah, that's just I mean, I that's, that's a simple definition. That I'll leave it at that. I would put myself in that in that category as well, but it's on a grand scale, not an individual <laughs> thing. So 
I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Do you? You know what? Do you? That's it. I, <laughs> hey, I mean, we're not I, judging. Christmas Day is the day I always be like, oh, where's Pete? Where's Pete? And then I'm in the like den by myself watching ball. And everyone's like, what are you doing? Huh? I'm watching ball. Like, you know, that's what you do. This Cavs day. Warriors, get out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like walk in because it's a close game. I'm like, yo, oh my God. Like, LeBron just, and everyone's just like, I don't care. <laughs> so, does that it's make like, me good? I'm getting pro? a new family next year for Christmas. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching with LeVar. Well, that is a vocabulary brought to you by Justin Bad, presented by our sponsor, Nobody. Um, <laughs> so we <laughs> the have... Webster, Webster Marion Dictionary. Exactly. Marion Webster. Hey, no no free sponsor stuff, right? Um, no free ads. Also, no free wins, I guess, for the Houston Rockets, because they lost last night to the Los Angeles Lakers. And just for a little context here, the Rockets were on a, what, 13-game win streak? They were 14-0 with Chris and Paul, Chris, Chris and Paul. They got two guys back. Um, and But they lost to the Lakers last night. And a little more context, the spread in this game was Houston favored by 15 points. And the wow. Lakers flat out won. So I think you just have these games, right? Like this is obviously nothing to worry about for the Rockets. They had a rough game uh, beat by a young, hungry Lakers team. I would say it's fair to call the Lakers young, hungry and like playing real hard, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they're all young. They all got stuff to prove, whether it's Ingram or Kuzma or obviously Lonzo. People saying Julius Randle's bad. Larry Nancy. Kyle Kuzma, 7 for 10 from 3. 7 for 10. Started a game 6 for 6 from 3. The best player on that Lakers team next year in two years is going to be Brandon Ingram. That dude balls. He is a really good player. And every time I see him on TV, he like he, he almost wows me every time. Like He's a good player. It looks like he figured out that he can get to the rim almost whenever he wants. And he's been playing off that real hard, and he's been a good primary scorer for them. I think it's good because Kuzma kind of came out hot off the bat and kind of surprised everybody, even though he's still playing well, obviously. But um, they needed more than that, and uh, Ingram is supplying that right now. I thought Brooke Lopez may be able to be that guy, but he's looking old. He's soft. He's looking a little old. He is looking old for sure. He's, uh, listen, people who are harping on him for not being a good rebounder and all that stuff, he never was. So yeah, I don't no. know what he, you're harping he, on. You know, He's been primarily a scoring big for his entire career. Last year he showed that he could step out to the three-point line. but I mean, that's still big when he hits. It's big, he didn't yeah, even but play. he hasn't he even play that game. looked comfortable with the Lakers yet, and that's why it's so big. That someone like Ingram is stepping up. Yeah. And, and back on the Ingram front, I mean, and we're going to get back to the Rockets in a minute, but on the Ingram front, he faced up against Kevin Durant and the Warriors. And obviously, whether it's, uh, you know, in his head or on the surface, he's been compared to Kevin Durant since he's in college, right? You, you know that's a big game for him. He's got to come out strong. He's got to prove himself. And even defensively, like, his length is going to be a problem. Even if it's not consistently a problem right now, it's going to be because I saw some really good possessions defensively. And I think with the Kuzma thing and Lonzo and, and Ingram, of course, Ingram and Lonzo still have the biggest ceiling, the highest ceiling. Kuzma has a ceiling that may not be super high, but it's still legit. But now Lonzo and Ingram, they have really a lot of room to still grow. Yeah, I think it gives them good versatility when you have two guys who can play pretty much like two to four pretty comfortably. And uh, they can build off that, especially they have a point guard who's shown he's he's good being primarily uh, a dish man instead of shooting because he hasn't shot so well so far, but he's still playing well. Um, 
But just like back to that point, like uh, people almost gave up on him because he had a bad rookie year. But um, he f- he seems to have it figured out, and it looks good. Luke Walton, I'll give him some props. He's got young guys playing well. I've always liked Luke, and I, I I'll say this, and then I'll hop it back over to Duff. But with I've this has been my theme on rookies for the past three or four years since the one and done has been super super prevalent. You got to give these guys time because their rookie years just aren't going to be great. You just need to see flashes. You need to sh- see some life in that rookie year, but you can't expect consistency. And then year two, three, four, even look at Victor Oladipo, year five, six for him. Like, he's popping off now. I don't even know. If his, is he in his sixth year even? I don't, know, I don't know. But he's moved through four teams now. He's on his fourth team, and he's popping off now. So take time, be patient, but this rookie class is a lot of fun. Um, but Duff, I want to hop back to the Rockets. Now, you've been a big component with the Chris Paul thing and the Rockets and James Harden that basically what they could end up having is 48 minutes of Hall of Fame point guard play. It kind of yeah. looks like they've fi- found that balance. And just, can you just elaborate on how they've worked this together? So, I mean, they really haven't changed their strategy at all. It's still threes and layups. Daryl Morey's whole thing is he wants high variance, three-point shooting, meaning you know, some nights they might shoot terrible, and that's just going to happen. But other nights they'll just shoot unconscious from three and they'll that that's how they're going to beat the Warriors. They're going to try to beat them at their own game when they like just chucking up threes and all that stuff. But I, I definitely can't take credit for that 48 minute theory because I stole that from Kevin O'Connor from the ringer for sure. Oh, yeah, that guy's so wise beyond his years. I think he's only like one or two years older than us, but he's so smart. Kevin O'Connor. Yeah. All the Kevin O'Bomber. Also where we got the, uh, um, Ben Simmons is actually a righty theory. But I actually, no, I'm going to take credit for that because I noticed that when he was in college also. That but thing's he, been floating around for a while. I, do you remember I used to say that to you when we lived together junior year? While we would watch games. I'm like, dude, he's taking every shot righty. Yeah. supposed to be a lefty? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's been a thing that's, I think it's become more mainstream now, that idea. That we're going off on a tangent now. But yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, I've seen that for a while now. We talked about it. But previously. anyway, the, the Rockets, they just, I mean, the, they just have the perfect like three and D move the ball, you know, get free throws, shoot layups. Like Harden, they lost tonight, but he went. He shot twenty one free throws. He had seventeen points from the line. He went for fifty one. How like he? I don't think Daryl Morley could have made a more perfect player for his system in a freaking lab. It's so ridiculous. Well, yeah. we're talking about. I mean, if you want to talk about Chris Paul, Chris Paul probably had his worst game since coming back tonight. Um, which played into the loss. Obviously, he only had eight points. Um, he didn't even play. This was his lowest amount of minutes. I don't know if I, I didn't really see if something was wrong or maybe he got injured or he was, you know, running behind or something. But he only played 24 minutes, so he didn't even play. He played half the game, um, so he didn't really impact the game that much. And I mean, that was something that we talked about since he's come back. He's been impacting the game so much, and they haven't lost since he's been there. But tonight. Played 24 minutes, didn't have that much of an impact. They took the L. So Now, Bab, I want to ask you a question, actually, based off of Frank theory. Um, so, Frank, when we talked about the Rockets before the season, or actually right after the season started, when Chris Paul got hurt, Frank said, basically, right, you were like, this might be better off for him to sit back on the sideline and say, see how this team works without him, and what can he do to make it better and fit in. And we all kind of looked at him like, mm, I feel like he probably figured out on the court better. Do you think, Bab, because obviously Frank thinks he's right, I'm sure. 
I'm do always you, right. Do, do you think <laughs> Frank might have had a point that Chris Paul sat back and said, all right, this team is doing like this high-octane, shooting threes, wheeling and dealing. I got to work this into my game now. Like, do you think that helped him, or do you think it's, he would have figured it out either way? Well, I think, I mean, Chris Paul is a Hall of Fame point guard. I think he would have figured it out either way. But I think the time that he took off to to sit on the bench, really soak it in, um, and kind of just see how the offense flows, the vibe of it, who's getting the ball in what situation, like instead of being a part of it and trying to learn on the go, he got that time. I, I think it benefited him. Um, and I think it almost revitalized him because I will say this. I said when he was getting out of LA that I thought he was on the tail end of his career. I still think he is, but he seems like he's, like I said, got a little more energy than I thought he would have, but you know, he was just breaking down with a couple injuries. They had some playoff collapses and stuff. And I just thought maybe that he was kind of winding it up, but listen, it's only been 14 games, but he looks a lot better than the tail end of his Clippers career right now. Um, yeah. And I don't know if maybe it's the offense in place or what it is, but I was definitely wrong on that because he looks revitalized. I mean, he's playing with a new energy. Maybe it's playing with Harden and all these shooters around him and he's, you know, he's thriving in that, but there's something kind of clicked. It seems like, so I'm, yeah. I, I'll go with Frank on that. I think, I think it benefited him taking that time off rest wise and kind of get, you know, gathering the offense, learning what to do and whatnot. I think like I've watched a few games and I think he's playing a little bit more like James Harden where he's when he gets put on an island one on one he's no longer calling for a pick because he knows he could throw a lob like he's going to size somebody up he's going to try and make you you know go the wrong way cross you up and hit the midi or hit the 3 or hit the step back and or swing or swing the swing. ball and it, it yeah, just draw help like, and kick to the three point shooters. Yeah, like you said, it looks like a revitalized Chris Paul. Like he's excited to be in a new system that accentuates different parts of his game, and I think it's really benefiting the Rockets at this point. Um, heading back to that Ingram versus Warriors versus Durant game. Um, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I want to say one more thing about the Rockets. Like I think him sitting out and seeing that team in first place without him was a good like Humbling ego check they like don't, I don't, don't need know. yeah yeah I don't I like I don't need to do you know whatever I don't need to put the team on my back I can just you know just trust the system and do do like yeah, fit it'll come, fit it'll in, come to like, me more play yeah. within himself yeah I, I agree 100 percent. and the, the Rockets are full of shooters which he never had in uh LA except like JJ Redick and Frank yeah. brought up a good point. I mean, he's never played with another Hall of Fame point guard. I'm sure he's learning from, you know, some stuff from James Harden and whatnot. So. Or, or Hall of Famer in general. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Blake, if Blake Griffin wasn't hurt all the time, maybe we say, oh, one day he'll be one. But there's no reason to really believe that now. Yeah, so maybe the old dog has learned a couple new tricks from, uh, from, from James Harden, the former MVP. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make a quick point, though. Former MVP. I ended uh, the last pot with my he hot take been. about He should have how... been, in my eyes. How I think the Rockets are gonna represent the West in the in the conference or not the conference finals, but the finals. Um, the Lakers were banging all over Kevin Durant, and I feel like they were the first team to really aggressively go at the rim and just like go for dunks, like make Kevin Durant man up. And I think it could be like maybe not a blueprint, but something that a team like the Rockets or another team like the Spurs maybe who are trying to take them down to the playoffs will really harp on. I really 
don't think they have the interior defense they need, even though Kevin Durant's but, leading but the wait, league in blocks. But wait, you got to remember, though. Right now, Draymond's out. Zaza's out. Like, they're they're banged up right now. Steph's That's out true. still. I mean, not that he's interior defense, but but still. Uh, no, I definitely I definitely you. see what Frank's saying, though, because if you like you, you see Kevin Durant, you see this long dude who's seven foot tall, like standing in front of the rim. But if you force him into situations that he's not used to because he's had like, you know, Steven Adams or whoever else guarding the rim for him doing that dirty work. If you yeah. just put your shoulder into his chest and just try to be physical with him on that end of the floor, like he that, that's definitely going to wear him down a little at least. Yeah, right? I think like as a true rim protector, what they have him playing as right now. He's not comfortable, and even if he does play well defensively, if you keep going at him, I think you could put him in in foul trouble just because he's not strong enough to bang down there for forty eight minutes. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good point, but yeah, I just gotta remember Draymond's when Draymond's yeah, no, back. I, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't even factoring but, that honestly. But I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because before I asked you guys the age old question of. Can they beat the Warriors or can they compete with the Warriors? I just gotta, I just gotta ask this question real quick. How happy are the Rockets that they did not trade for Carmelo Anthony? Through the roof. So, happy. so unbelievably the happy. They're on the moon. And I am so happy the for them. No team should trade uh, for Carmelo Anthony. I don't wish that on any team. <laughs> Have him be the first player that signs with LeVar Ball's big baller league. Dude, get him out. <laughs> get him in the get him in the JBA. Yes. Get him in the Junior Basketball Association. Just get him out of here, man. You guys are violating, and it hurts me on the inside, but I don't really have anything to say. I have nothing to say. <laughs> Like, Dude, like, I don't understand how you could still be a Carmelo apologist at this point. I'm like, not, I'm not saying you specifically. I'm not saying you specifically. I'm just saying people in general. The, the, the only reason that I can apologize for him in certain ways is this. And this might piss people off. And it might piss Frank off, actually. And we're sitting next to each other. So I, I'm, I don't really care that I'm doing it anyway. Better get smacked. <laughs> I believe Russell Westbrook should be great enough. I'm not going to say good enough. He should be great enough to pull out what he needs from Carmelo Anthony. What he needs is a perimeter scorer, a guy who can occasionally get his own bucket, which he can, and then a guy who can just not be horrible on the other end. But clearly Russ doesn't really help him defensive end as much as he, as he could. But offensively, I'm saying, he needs to pull out exactly what he needs from Melo. And I think he should I don't be great think enough to do that. Maybe a I don't good think coach can Russ, help. Maybe a good coach I, can help with that. Maybe I don't think Carmelo Russ has that place. mental makeup of just like – well, did you read motivating the thing his teammates? Well, I don't, even, I don't even I don't even think that so burden let's, let's falls not go upon there. Westbrook. Let's really not go there. I don't think that burden falls upon Westbrook to bring that out of Carmelo Anthony. Why not? Carmelo Why Anthony not? is a, he's Carmelo an Olympic is, level he's player. A 35-year-old he's a 35-year-old basketball player who's been uh, a scoring leader. He's taken teams to the playoffs. He's never won in the playoffs. But you'd think that somebody who has what is he in the year? Is he like 14th, 15th? Yeah, 15th season. Mm-hmm. You'd think he hasn't figured out uh, on how to win games. And but he doesn't. At this point in his career, he just doesn't but exactly. He, he, he should not be the doesn't. guy who has to win games for them. He doesn't point. have to, though. And he still doesn't, he tries he to doesn't even play his role. He is the worst role player in the league. Right. Well, and, that's the thing. Like With, with Melo's talent and the caliber player he is, why does the burden fall upon Russ? You know, coming from what Pete said, you guys are why does the burden me? fall upon Russ to pull that out of him? Because you guys are telling exactly. me that it's Russell's team, which I totally agree with, and you guys are telling me that Melo's done and washed up. So where does the burden? Sh- where should the burden fall? If you don't believe in Melo, why should you put burden on him? If you don't think he should be the one taking like 
deserving because he's not even expected to do that now, and he still doesn't play his role. He doesn't. I, he I, needs I'm to, not saying he doesn't. He needs he doesn't. to rebound for this team on a consistent level. He needs to space the floor, and he needs. Dude, to he's be a, a prima black donna. Hole. Like he, he thinks he's he so amazing, and he's just be a black shit. hole he's on so the second lineup. Dude, it, if he's gonna be in the league, league, he's gotta come off the bench. In my opinion, he's got a hundred percent. Do you I think, think do you for think, this team right, to wait, be wait, their wait. best team, he needs to be the James, like James Harden, Jamal and then Crawford. Paul George is KD, and then Russ is just Russ. Like that needs to be what happens. That's the recipe for success. But he'll never do it. He will literally never yeah, do it. Never. And it doesn't make Cause any cause sense because he just pride. dropped thirty while Russ is on the bench, and, and they du- can just win games. It's, it's like win-win. And Dwayne Wade has done it in Cleveland, come off the bench, and actually it's worked. Uh, I, no, I feel you. I totally feel you guys. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely apologizing a little bit, but I also think. I think there's a little a little nuance to it. Like I don't know. I I have a hard time putting it all on him. But I, let me ask this: Do you think with Chris Paul and James Harden, it would have been any different for Melo, and like that in that situation? Like, do you think it would have worked better in Houston? I think Mike D'Antoni, who has coached Carmelo before, would have had a better grasp on the situation and would more clearly define exactly what he wants out of Carmelo Anthony and. He wouldn't be this mid-range player that he all of a sudden is, and he'd probably be pretty good for them. Yeah, but I don't think it's necessarily players. I think it's system. He fits with that system. Because Maury and D'Antoni would say, Mello, we want you to shoot. Like, don't get it twisted. We want you to shoot, but we want you to shoot our shots, not your shots. And if James Harden and Chris Paul forced him to do that, he would be doing that. Like that's what I he don't would, even think he would be. I, I don't even think he would have done that. I think he's just such a like cancerous player. Like he he is the small forward version of Dwight Howard. That wherever he goes, the team will underperform. I agree with that. That's exactly what At I was going to say. That's it. I, the there's finals. nothing. There's there's just like no. He he just doesn't have the mentality to to be that great player. He just doesn't have it. Like people kill LeBron for not being that assassin or whatever the fuck that means. Which he is now but, anyway. Yeah, and and it just like. Melo is not a like he, yeah, he, a great he player. Was, he's a great scorer. He's not a great player. Like I'm sorry. He, he is like scorer. he is in between oh, not sorry. a superstar and like a uh, like heat check role man to me. Like he is somewhere in between there, but he's not a superstar. Understood. Well, I feel like I feel like for him to be the most effective, like in terms of the system fit, he's got to be on a team where everything runs through him. That's how he's going to impact the game the most. But at the same time, it's like a give and take. Because he's not that, a good enough player to, to, to like do that and have a successful team. Exactly. If you do that to where you make him the most effective he can be, your team is going to suffer, in my opinion. You, you're going to have a great player that's going to score a lot, but your team is going to suffer because he's not someone that leads a team deep into the playoffs. Absolutely. And in, in the past, in the, presently, you guys are absolutely right. The past three, four years, you guys are absolutely right. Before that, got some validity to your statement but let's just not forget he was actually like really really awesome in denver that's all i'm gonna say he was i don't really give a i don't don't give a shit anymore like honestly this like statute of limitations has definitely run out on that i'm just just, just saying that because i I need to say it out loud um like i don't care he's shooting 40 percent from the field this year and 34 percent from three and i've seen him get way more wide open shots this year when i watch games than he ever had on the knicks because he was like he was the only option on the knicks and he's having he has like comparable numbers, if not worse, from when he was on those teams. And right, I've wait, seen him wait. get like right, so at then, least two or three wide open threes a game. All right, so this is going to be my actual last thing on this, and then I need to ask you the age old question of can the Rockets compete with the Warriors? And we need to move on. But this is my last thing. 
Just remember, Melo's not the only one with a bad field goal percentage. Currently, there are 34 players in the NBA who have 15 shots per game, 15 shots or more per game. Westbrook, Anthony, and George rank 34th, 33rd, and 32nd in field goal percentage. That is the worst three percentages out of all the players in the league who take 15-plus shots per game. Did you see that on Twitter? I think I saw that. Zachary, yeah. Zachary Cram. He's a ringer guy. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that, too, and it was really interesting. It, it didn't have the full list. I wanted to know who the 35th guy was, like who was behind them, and I and I couldn't figure it out. You could have looked but, it up yeah, yourself. That, that's pretty bad, though, yeah. Probably just some random player in the Bulls. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got to be taking 15 shots a game, so it's not a random. Someone on the Bulls is shooting 15 shots. Justin Holiday, I think, was leading them in the in the, in the uh, in shots. But what we're exactly. actually going to— I actually bet you gonna, 35th is him. We're going to talk about the Bulls a little later, but the age-old question, and then we need to move on. Frank, I'll go to you first since you started this conversation. Uh, probably right smack in the middle of the Rockets' winning streak, so you got ahead of the curve a little bit, and you probably won't get recognition because, you know, we don't have that many listeners. But get ahead of the curve again. What do you think about Rockets competing with Warriors? I think we alluded to it before. Daryl Morey has be- built this the perfect system. It's got the perfect players for the system, and uh, they're just so complete, and they have superstars. They fit the mold of today's NBA, and nobody talks about their role players, but they all are so good. Like We haven't even mentioned Eric Gordon, who's in the mention for sixth man of the year when he doesn't start. Again. Again. Uh, Clint Capella is a young big. It gets no love. But he just does everything well. He rebounds. He finishes at the bucket. Like, not much more you can ask when you have Chris Paul and James Harden uh, to throw lobs to you. Uh, Ryan Anderson, still an unconscious shooter this far into his NBA career. Limitless range badge. Limitless range badge. Uh, Trevor Reza balling out still. P.J. Tucker still balling out. Um, just, just so complete. And I'm tired of seeing the Warriors win. I just think they have what it takes. I do. I think that they could beat the Warriors, but I still don't think that they will. But I think they have – I think they might have the formula for it where they're just chucking threes and James Harden hopefully gets a little bit more rest this year. But I think he's going to be hunting that MVP. So he might be – like if they meet each other in the Western Conference Finals, there's he might be out of gas. We'll do see. You, do you know that James Harden's – is currently having one of like the best offensive seasons of all time, including. No, I understand that. I'm not. Season. Last I'm just, year I'm was just the throwing same it out thing. there. I'm not trying to like poke holes. I'm just throwing it out there. Last year was the same thing, and he completely was a no show in that last game. And I don't think against the Spurs, I don't think that was because of lack of effort or whatever. I just think he was so tired. I think he was so tired, but I think. Also, that Chris Paul could take the load off, and hopefully they find some games to... Load management. Maybe, yeah, sit him down a little load <laughs> management. You can hang out with Joel Embiid, get some load management. I'm telling you, that that Chris Paul having a shortened season of like 60 games or whatever, that's going to be good. This ankle injury for Steph, as long as it doesn't reoccur, could be a blessing in disguise. Like This rest, you see it means so much later in the season. At this point in his career, my man's JoJo could give a clinic on load management, dude. <laughs> my man's is gonna bad. start running his own camp for injured nba stars on how to manage their load 
Uh-huh. The 10-step program to load management. <laughs> the, fir- the, first, uh, the first sign is acceptance. <laughs> Except that you, Except that you need every load single, management. Every single year of your career. Shorten uh-huh. your season to 60 games. So wait, Pat, do you have any thoughts on the uh, actual basketball aspect of this? The Rockets you, versus Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I'm when Frank said that last week, um, I think I, I, I so often agreed with him. I just said, yeah, if there's going to be a team coming out of the Western Conference that can compete with the Warriors, it's going to be the Rockets. They have the firepower. They have the Hall of Fame point guard play we talked about. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with Frank. The Rockets are going to go deep in the playoffs. And if they keep playing like this, I mean, Chris Paul is still only 14 games into his Rockets career playing with James Harden. Like, they're just going to develop more and more. And – they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be able to compete with the Warriors, 100%. Yeah. That's going to be – because I think that's what it's going to come down to in the Western Conference Finals. I don't think there's any disagreement there between, I mean, the, between any of you, but I think that's going to be an outstanding series when we get there. Team Frank. Um, By the way, Nick, uh, breaking news, the Bulls just won their seventh straight. No longer last in the Eastern Conference. They have 10 wins. Yeah, man. Right, that's who's crazy. last now, the Hawks? Yeah. Let's and Portis and Miritich coming off the bench are averaging like double doubles right Dominating. now. Man. That's the one-two punch right there. <laughs> I, <wouldn't laughs> oh, I like that. You pun. beat me to the punch. Literally, yo. <laughs> on uh, I know we actually end up shouting out the show a lot, but it's it's a good NBA show and uh, real recognize real. Except they'll never recognize us, at least not right now. Even though I'm about <laughs> to start sliding in Kevin O'Connor's DMs just in case. Um, they said this. They need a statue outside of the Chicago Stadium, and it's a picture. I mean, a statue of Bobby Portis punching Miritich in the face because that is the moment where Miritich gains superpowers. <laughs> Punch it into like, him. Like, Miritich has been outrageously good for these first seven games of his season. Like, he's been yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Yo, his rookie year, he had a few games where he exploded, shot the ball real well, and scored, like, 30 points real randomly. And, like, from that point on, I always drafted him in 2K because I was like, this guy's got it. <laughs> Dude, the the man literally got punched out of his starting role. Like he was gonna be their starter, and he got punched out of the starting role. So I think he reclaims. I don't even know. Is he starting now? I think he's still coming off the bench. Yeah, I'm not. But whatever is going yeah, on, Denzel Valentine started at Whatever's uh, going on in the works. Yeah. yeah, and he's. I mean, he's a better player than Denzel Valentine. He's gonna end up starting over Valentine, or at least or, over Holiday. Over somebody, he's hey, a starting Holiday's caliber good. player, Miritich. But wait, um, let me let me close out on this Rockets Warriors thing because we're actually going to talk about the Bulls and some other teams that are in the lower half of the NBA who uh, need to decide, you know, if they're selling and if so, who the hell they're shipping out and for what. So we're going to talk about teams like the Bulls in a moment. But my last thought on the Rockets Warriors thing is, if you told me to pick, like literally, like say, if I was a betting man, put money on who's winning that series in the playoffs. I am very hard-pressed to say I'd put money on the Rockets to win like that in a series. So I still am on the Warriors, but I can almost guarantee the Rockets would give them a series. Like, that series is going six. I feel confident saying that because the Warriors have been through a lot over three seasons. They're going to go through a lot this year with injuries, obviously. Their Draymond's been out, Steph's been out, and they're, they're, they're laboring through right now, even though they're still the best team in the league. The Rockets will make it a series, and I feel very confident it's going to six at least. And that means it's competitive, even if the Warriors beat them out at the end. I 
I don't think you're going to get any disagreement. I was waiting for something. Silence of agreement. Damn. I think we're I think we're all in a, in agreement there that the Rockets can, can take on the Warriors. Wrong. They're gonna win seven games. Wow. I James mean, Harden. That was really quiet for like a second. Four and a half. Well, Pete's still giving it. You, you're sounding like you're still giving it to the Warriors. You're saying the Rockets yeah. can take it six maybe, but it sounds like you're still giving it to the Warriors at least right now. I'm not convinced that Chris Paul just has anything in him to beat the Warriors. Like he's never done it ever. <laughs> But that's yeah, just like Steph's got his number, but whatever. Yeah, for real. Well, you're listening to NBA Outsiders. Hopefully you're enjoying the show today. If you do, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Sports Blog New York Podcast. You're here with uh, Pete, Frank, Bab, and Duff talking NBA. It's what we do. Hit us on Twitter at NBA underscore Outsiders. Help us get up. We're actually almost at 100 followers, guys. Baby steps, right? Baby steps. Hook it up, fam. Come on. We're no, we're no, we're no Sports Blog New York Twitter, but we're no at Sports Blog NYC. They have like 37,000, but NBA Outsiders, man. Slow and steady. That's what we're about. Uh, as Jordan as Jordan Sparks once said, uh, one step at a time. There's no need to rush. It's like learning to fly or falling in love. I love Shout that. out Jordan Sparks. And that is song lyrics from Justin Babb, sponsored by <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I'm gonna come at you hot with these segments today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, speaking of slow and steady, some of these franchises in the NBA are also moving slow and steady. They're uh, processing, if you will. And let's start off with none other than the Bulls. So the Bulls are on a seven-game win streak. They are now playing competitive basketball, beating teams like, you know, Knicks, Sixers, Celtics. They just beat the Magic. They've, they've beaten some teams, you know, not just slouches. Seven-game win streak. The but Bucks, we, the Jazz, the Celtics. Boom, even more. So the question now becomes, obviously they're still not a playoff team. On this roster, who can you see they can sell to get some assets back? And if so, what are they going to be looking for in return? Picks or more just young guys? What do you think is going on with the Bulls? What do you think is going to happen around February? They, I, I, they might have fucked up because they should have, they should have let Bobby Porter just beat the shit out of Miritich because th- this is not good for them that they just won seven straight. Everyone was just like, all right, they're going to get the first pick. Like that's fine. We already know what it's going to be. They've given up. He's just going to get young players and. <clears throat> Hoiberg's going to try and coach them. This is so bizarre to me that they just snapped off a seven-game win streak that's still going. I mean, they got the Cavs coming up, but it's, it's like, completely unreal. They need to blow it up even more, I guess. I don't know what they do because they don't have, like, can't make a run for the playoffs, obviously. Yeah. Miritich it seems young enough to keep. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think the Bulls are actually one of the tougher teams to speak on in terms of buy or sell, because they don't really have much to sell. Um, I guess you could sell Robin Lopez, but really, what are you going to get back for him? I don't think you get any players, and if you get a pick, it's... Second round garbage. Or it's like a late first round to a a contending team that needs a rim protector. So he's going to be like, like at best, like a 20th first-round pick. And yeah, even think about, I, like, the guys you guys who are playing well for them right now, Miritich and Justin Holiday, are both over 25 years old. They might be both 26, 27. So, you know, do you really see them as a successful part of your future, or are they just decent players on your team of bad players right now? I think they're just decent players on a bad team. Um, Pete, you brought this up. Just trade everyone over 25. Just cut I the mean, bullshit. You could if you wanted to. Cut the bullshit. But like you shit. said, it, it's almost like Miritich is showing enough where – you might want to keep him because he still is only 26. I know it's nah. older than 25, but 
it's not. I think you keep Miritich. I think it'd be a mistake to get rid of Miritich. I just don't think they have older pieces to move. They just gotta, they gotta commit to the tank. Get the best pick they can this year. Yeah. And and I looked. I I looked at the roster, and the only one I saw that I think maybe they could get something out of trading would be what Frank said is Lopez. Uh, And I think if they do trade him, they're gonna. They're going to want to steer towards young guys. You know, you talk about their 25, 26. They're still a young team. And I think Frank said they're either going to tank, you know, whatever, but they're going to be looking for young guys. They're not going to bring in a vet because they're not contending or anything. So, yeah, they're going to be targeting young guys. And I think Rolo should be the guy they should try to move, even though you're not going to get much value out of him. So if they're trying to tank, they should trade Miritich. They're making $12.5 million right now. I but I think I think they see him as a part of their future still. You, you don't you don't think that no, hold on, by wait. the time they turn this around to get young players to really develop, he'll be thirty. But you, you don't think you don't believe it all in their in their young core right now. No no no. Like, wait hold on hold on. Let me let me let me say this because I actually I work with a Chicago kid, a big Bulls fan, big NBA fan, and I, I talk to him about the Bulls all the time. Obviously, like you know, I'm, we talk about Knicks Bulls so we can enjoy our misery together. Um, and I asked him about Miritich, and he said. The one thing that he hopes, because Miritich has had these runs in seasons before where he's been 20-plus points for a couple weeks or something like that, right? So he said, I just hope that he keeps this up until February so we get a return for him. So what you really need to do is pump up Miritich's minutes, and hopefully in February someone goes, wow, we can really use that guy. You know, it's like a Bojan Bogdanovic to the Wizards kind of deal. Yeah, exactly like that. And I, I, I I say, why not? Like, I don't think... He is impactful enough to really force him into your future. And you look at these other young guys. Who who are the untouchables for the Bulls? Laurie Markkinen, Chris Chris Dunn now. Zach Levine. Zach, Levine. Yeah. Levine and That might be that it. Might, that might be it. Like and maybe maybe Bobby Portis. I'd say he could probably fit in that too. He's only twenty two, twenty three. I mean, other than that, you don't have much available return. So Miritich, if he keeps it up. That's a guy you get an actual first round pick for, or an actual another young guy who's not getting minutes somewhere else. I think he's a guy you got to move. So you said bump his minutes, inflate his stats, kind of give him kinda some like value. What the Hawks did with Tim to, Hardaway, except that Tim Hardaway didn't get traded because he was playing too good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he played himself into an eighteen million dollar contract. Facts. <laughs> Wait, so real quick, actually, I saw something funny on Twitter today. So uh, there was some actually, it's funny based off something real sad with the Enos Cantor situation. So if you don't know, NBA Outsider listener, Enos Cantor has actually um, been sentenced four years of jail from the Turkish president because of uh, his outspokenness against the country and against the president specifically, which is crazy. But I did uh, hear a funny joke on Twitter, so I'm going to share it. Basically, somebody said, hey, uh, at Frank Isola, any words on the terms of that four-year contract from Turkey? It can't be worse than the four-year deal we gave Hardaway. <laughs> <laughs> That's foul. <laughs> Tim Hardaway's been good. He's earned every penny so far, in my opinion. No, absolutely. Yo, shout out to the weird NBA stories this 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 week between uh, Enos Cantor being sentenced to four years in jail in Turkey if he ever goes back, and like, Charlie Villanueva got his toilet go stolen he's, from his house. He's a celebrity in New York City. You think he's going back to Turkey? Let's rethink that one, Turkish president, dude. You can jail me too. I'm never coming to your country. You piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. We should all just pray. Like, <laughs> if you're jailing Enos Cantor, you gotta jail all of us. <laughs> it would work. I it stand with Enos. 
<laughs> I stand with Enos. I stand with Weenus. <laughs> uh, well, the Bulls have a situation here. I think, you know what, this is where I stand on tanking as well, in general. You can't you can't actively tank. Like I know the Sixers did it, and they're like the anomaly, and people are like, oh, it's working, and this and that. The Sixers were able to keep a coach in Brett Brown who consistently instilled trying to win. So, like, the Sixers were trying to win. Bab, you probably watched a million games where they played their ass off and they just lost because they weren't good. They lost because they didn't have talent. And that was the thing. So they they tried to win, but they actively didn't try to get talent. That was how they tanked. Exactly. They actively didn't try to get talent, yes. So what I'm saying is the Bulls need to keep trying to win because otherwise you're just going to be stuck in the rut. That's why I say about the Knicks this year. If I'm, if like as a Knicks fan, I would rather them just miss the playoffs and compete all year and play important games in the last month of the season and miss the playoffs and get the 13th pick instead of, you know, the 8th pick cuz they're not dropping down that low. Try to try to freaking win. Like I I tanking honestly bothers me. It kind of bothers me, I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> nonetheless, so, but honestly, I think it's sometimes the better route. Like then just no, trying I, to pretend to like you're gonna. It has to come from the front office, not the coach and the team. Like <clears> you <throat> need to talk. You know what I'm saying? I agree. And the freaking Orlando Magic, another team I want to talk about, need to take a page out of the Sixers playbook because they got Bismack Biombo and Evan Fournier on seventeen million dollar contracts each. Yeah, but they can't get rid of Fournier. Nobody's taking that contract. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like that. Th- that's the general, like the general manager of the front office, like not you're recognizing that you should that, be tanking, 100%. and now you're just wasting money while you're still like. I can give uh, you two teams with, off the top of my head right now that can use Evan Fournier, regardless. But of the, the but but who's taking that contract on? That contract is ridiculous. The Minnesota Timberwolves, or the Oklahoma City Thunder teams who need I don't that. even I don't even know if the Thunder would have the, the space no, the Wolves are not going to take Fournier because they already have Crawford that's just redundant it's not redundant when you only play eight guys but as long as we're operating within the realm of reality Tibbs is not gonna start playing nine guys just because they yeah well Tibbs because he gets another player to like, you so um, wait, hold on. Since you said the Orlando Magic, shout out Mario Hazonia back on the back on the court. Mario Hazonia is playing basketball again. I'm happy another, about it. another another rookie that people might have gave up on. Uh, I think I, I mean a guy who I was I was very high. I was very I was one of those Hazonia guys. Like, oh, he's got the athleticism, he's got the range, all this stuff. <clears throat> and I was like, oh god, I might have been wrong on this. But I still deep down just felt give the guy a chance, give him some minutes. Like the Magic have nothing to lose. Like how can they not get this guy some time? So he's playing. Um, but let's go through the untouchables on the Orlando Magic. Obviously, Jonathan Isaac. I think Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Hazonia is one of those guys who they might try to pump up to sell if they don't believe in him. I mean, he's only 22, so they could get something from him, or he could just just they just decide they want to keep him. But that's it. I'm going to tell you, Jonathan, they need Jonathan to, Isaac they and need to be a the hard, thing like, with hard that, sell. Though, is they have new management, and they purposely didn't commit to Alfred Payton. To Aaron good. Gordon and that's not one good. other player, I forget who, just because th- their reasoning literally was we didn't bring these young guys in, so we don't know if we want to keep them. So I think actually keeping Aaron Gordon might be hard for them to do. They might have screwed themselves out of that. If he plays at the level he's been playing at, he's still playing pretty well. He's not shooting like he was, but he still is the best player on that team without a doubt. Um, he might play him 
He might play himself out of Orlando. Because he might get offered too much, right? Yeah. Restricted free agency. Kind of like the Tim Hardaway Jr. situation. So, so you think he'll leave under his own power? You're saying he'll play himself out to well, the point they where... Already, they already declined the team option on him. So Basically, he, he'll he, go into restricted free agency he, and get offered too much money that Magic exactly. can't Exactly. He, uh-huh. he holds the cards right now. They're either going to have to offer him a crazy deal... Or he's probably walking. They put them. He's just gonna crazy. like. He's just gonna walk because they're not gonna offer him that deal. They shouldn't just just because of where their team is right now. Like the bad money that they have. Yeah, they so should be looking away. to get rid of so everyone guy. except Aaron Gordon, like Jonathan Isaac. So that's uh, it. But wait, wait, tough. If you just said you think Gordon might walk because they can't give him the contract and this and that, is that a guy they should consider trading? That's probably someone they buy. Well, I mean, I can't speak to that. It depends on the relationship the front office feels that they have with him. Because Come on. we're outsiders, I'm, man. Use your use your outsider instincts. Well, I'm just laying down the scenario here because if it's if it seems good, he's 22. He's he's showing that he's getting better. He's adding dimensions to his game with the three point shot. So, like, if he wants to stay in Orlando and he wants to continue to get better, then yeah, I want to have that guy as long as he's got the work ethic to continue to improve after he's gotten that big contract. But obviously, if the situation's bad, then no, like get him out of there and just pump up his numbers. Like, but they need to like Mir uh, Vucevic would be a great piece to trade. Like I know he's he's great for them. He puts up good numbers, but he's 27. So by the time they turn their franchise around, it's the same thing as Miritich. Like he's just going to be too old to actually have, you know, that sort of that same impact that you remember him having. They should just turn over their entire roster what about and just Alfred start Payton? fresh. Really what I'm saying is they need to move this franchise to Seattle. It's the 61st <laughs> anniversary that Seattle was awarded an NBA team. Happened 61 years ago today. So that's I, I got to make sure I bring that up. Anytime we talk about the Orlando Magic, how they should be the Seattle Supersong. What do we so the Magic, the Magic are a blow-it-up team. Blow it up. I'm blow it. Ex- blow it off the map. Get the if, franchise away If you from only them. end up with Isaac out of this young core, that's fine. Yeah, in, I'm with in you. In my I mean, humble I, opinion. I thought the only untouchables were Gordon and Isaac, and after that, I think their roster is free game. But yeah, they they need to they need to do something about that franchise. All right, well, let's Pete, I'm on the complete opposite side of you with this tanking thing, where everyone like all the teams like the Suns, now the Bulls, the Magic, like the Hawks, any crappy team like that, the Kings, the Mavs should all take should all look at what Sam Hinkie did and try to do that. Because they got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons out of it, and what like say what you want about tanking, but it worked. They got like no, two but, generational talents. Like, it 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 did work after like five misses and seven years of misery. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like what? it's not yeah. proven to work. The Orlando Magic have been tanking for like four years already, and they're in the same exact rut because they didn't get Joel Embiid at number three, who still hasn't played a half a season yet, and they didn't get. Ben Simmons, but they also maybe they got Nerlens Noel, they got Julia Okafor, they got their share of busts. Like Michael they've Carter been, Williams. they've been taking st- for no, years. No, but they already. got those, they got those players, and then they still got assets for them. Like they they traded up with uh, MCW big time. They just kept moving around young players that they had who seemed like they were going to be good, and it just kept getting assets, getting assets, tanking harder until they got the better and better draft picks. Like. Look at where the Sixers are now, and like, all right, you say it's six, seven years of like whatever purgatory they were in. Like, how is that different than everything the Knicks have gone through this whole millennium? Like, since 2000, the Knicks have been just 
straight mediocre at best. Knicks well, I don't, I don't even... But the, I don't the think... Magic aren't doing what the Knicks did for the past 20 years. Like, the Magic are doing closer to what the Sixers did. It just isn't working. They're both, like, in the in-between area, though, is my point, where you just have to commit to the tank. Yeah, but we never committed to the tank, and we're in the, that's his point exactly, is that we've yeah. never done that, and we're in the same exact position. We have so you young, have to you have, have a to young superstar commit. that everybody I mean, thinks we could build around, and we had we had the one year where you got a top simple. three pick. We had a fourth fourth pick. Fourth pick. So that's nowhere even near where you guys where you got what three number one overall picks during that stretch. That's crazy. Like if the magic that is crazy if the magic just stay the magic right now, and their team is trash, and they probably are going to say they, say they sell even one or two of their players, there's a good chance they don't get better than, a, like, a three pick. Like, they still might be three, four, like, two, three, four, five. Like, it's not a lock to hit these picks. And they've been swinging for years in the lottery, and they just don't get it. I don't I don't know. I, I don't, it's tough to say. Like, I, I know why tanking is so enticing, and I think to a point, like, it needs to happen for certain teams and the Magic are candidates, but they need to, like, figure out a balance or figure out exactly how they're doing it. Or, like you said, if they're going to do it, just go all in on it because they haven't done either. none of this. They haven't yeah, done any, any of the good options. That's the um, biggest thing I see. Like, coming from where I've come from and seeing what I've seen over the past couple of years, it's the hard, hard commitment to, like, okay, we're not going to win, and we know we're not going to win for the next X amount of years. So let's just stockpile – as much young talent and assets as we can, and then, you know, see how it plays out, climb out of it. And I have not, I was going to say, I don't even think you could compare another team's tanking or should tank, blah, 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 to the Sixers situation because no team has ever done that before. It was kind of unprecedented. And that's just the biggest thing. I think, I, I mean, I think the only thing you have to do if you're going to do that is hard commit, like own up to the fact that you're not going to win for the next couple years. And I don't think that front offices, coaches, GMs, whatever, I think they're afraid to do that because you're um, literally taking years off of your franchise at that point I where you're saying, like, okay, none of these years are going to matter. I feel like and, I summed this up pretty well a while ago. I think you were a fan of it. Uh, I, I likened it to that that movie with Tom Hanks about the pilot. Landing oh, it was the best. The that was the best. Right? So while the Sixers were tanking, everybody around the NBA and the sports world was like, what are these people doing? All they're doing is trade. They're getting young talent. They get a guy, Michael Carter Williams, wins rookie of the year, and they trade him. And they're like, what is going on? What is this team doing? All they want is draft picks. When are they going to actually commit? And it, you know what? It worked. This guy crashing his plane into the water actually landed it and saved everybody's life. And the Sixers look like a beacon of hope. But, like, are we really going to bank – 30 franchises having a GM who can safely land them in the water, metaphorically speaking. I I just don't see that happening again. To me, it was a miracle. And, like, yeah. I, I know, Bab, I'm sorry, and Duff, I'm kind of sorry for you, but I'm more sorry for Bab. I know we, we love to say that it worked for the Sixers, and it it looks like it's going to work, but it hasn't worked yet, first off. I still I'm, – I'm on Team Sixers. Like, I'm on Team Ben Simmons. Everybody knows that. Mom, I love Embiid. It hasn't worked yet. They're under 500 right now. They're still climbing, and there's a long way to go for this to actually work. And let me just say this, too. Uh, the forgotten one, Markel Fultz right now, I just gave him that name, the forgotten one, because it just, it just felt 
necessary it right there because right. I literally forget him every day. So Nick that's what I'm saying. Like when you watch the, the Sixers Broke play, you're like, nobody. wow, this team and Bede Simmons, blah blah blah. But like that guy was the number one pick for a reason. Like I'm pumped for him to come back whenever that may be. I, this has happened in years past. I'm pumped for him to come back. And I think people are forgetting around him, not in Philly, but around the NBA. And, like, he was the number one pick for a reason. I don't know if he's going to, you know, pop off this year. But uh, he, I, I still have confidence in Markel Fultz. Yeah, his jumper was broken. Fleece, but... That's What's up? He's the number one pick because y'all got fleece. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Best player in the draft went after anyway. Jason Tatum. <laughs> Dude, but, the, get uh, out of here. Dude, you haven't even seen the man I play. Think, I think we have to move on from where we're at right now. I got a new team. This might be a little taboo. Probably not, though, because I've heard it a little bit. But the Pelicans, they have to move on. Uh, I just feel like Anthony Davis is out regardless of Wait, what happens. Wait, hold on, hold on. <coughs> when you say move on, you mean to Seattle and become the Supersonics? Maybe. Yes, that's that exactly what, what happens after Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins leave. But... Um, I was listening to my boy Rosillo today. Shout out one of his final shows on ESPN Radio. Um, but he was just talking about how, like, Anthony Davis is the number one unicorn in the league if he's able to stay healthy because he's so good at everything he does. And I don't necessarily agree with that 100%, but he's definitely in the conversation of, like, top three young players that you want to build around right now. And... He's much like Embiid. He hasn't really had a full healthy season yet, but he's been an all-star and things like that. I think the return you can get for a guy like Anthony Davis is amazing. And I think you can get anything lose, you want. And and I think you're gonna lose him. So. So you're you, saying trade you him, head, get back. Hedge your losses. If I was Anthony Davis, I'm hell up on out That's of there, what I'm bro. saying. That's the 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 point that they were kind of make was the the Pelicans brought Demarcus Cousins in to try and make Anthony Davis feel like we can win here, we can do it here, but it's had the exact opposite effect. DeMarcus Cousins is telling him, like, you wield way more power than you actually realize. One of the things they mentioned was um, when they go on the road, they have practices early in the morning. And before Rajon Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins were there, nobody ever missed that morning walkthrough. Once they came there, Anthony Davis stopped showing up the rest of the team stops showing up. They don't have their morning walkthrough anymore because, quote, unquote, wow. no other teams do that, according to Rondo and Cousins. So I think they're they're kind of pushing him towards a way like this isn't where you want to be. So I don't think he's going to be with them when he has the chance to leave. So hedge your losses. Uh, rumors out there right now are that Danny Ainge is pushing really hard. No Celtics, way. Yeah, that's the rumor. Dude, Danny Ainge and the Celtics are, in the, are every rumor that ever comes yeah, up. But if that's well, they true, still have the they the still Celtics have the have Memphis so Grizzlies 2019 assets. first round yeah. draft pick, they which looks like it's going to so be an awesome pick. So many day. assets, and they have a lot of young talent that you can get good return for Anthony Davis right now. I think you do it. I think. You All right, it. so so just hypothetical, Andy Davis leaves. What team do you? I don't even care if it's realistic. What team do you want to see him on? I think I want to see him, him on the Celtics, Celtics would be cool right. because I don't care about that you, puts though. him in the quote, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where else is viable to like for him to leave and to be put into a winning situation. You know, where I want to like, actually send that man to Washington, dude. I want to no, send him. Boogie that's to Washington. Other, that's that's the other thing. Once they move Davis, if they move Davis, bye bye Boogie, bye bye Boogie. Because why? 
he's gonna probably Boogie walk at the end of the year too. Boogie's gonna be the too. first to go. That I I It'll agree, but Boogie I'm saying first, yeah. they should they should move them both at the same time, in the same year, in the same day, to the same team. Load up on this draft. Give wait, this hold up. This, they should is give chalk full of guys they, that people think are legitimate NBA players, and I don't even watch college basketball, but there's names I hear about. You hear about Trey Young, you hear about Hamadou Diallo, you hear about Muhammad Bamba. You hear about Luka Doncic, this Marvin drag, Bagley, Marvin Begley, DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton, Ayton Michael Porter Jr., a guys fake here. back surgery. This, this, this year of rookies coming in looks like it could be a promising one, and they're kind of smaller market team. Try to get a pick or two. Try and get a pick or two. Try and get in there. Maybe you get the next Steph Curry at number Whoa. seven, who people are saying is Trey Young. I personally don't believe it yet. I haven't seen any. Yeah, but that's Steph the Curry with the sham guy. Did you see Trey Young's game like two nights ago? Like last night, twenty nine and twenty two or something. Twenty six right? and twenty two. I mean, he's been he's leading he's leading the NCAA in scoring and assists. And that last time that happened was never. That's I that's think the crazy. the last never dude happened. who had twenty two assists was John Wall. Wow. Um, I, 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 I like that. that. I like that with the Pelicans though. I think I think they have to do it. I mean, if if they think if they have any reason to believe Boogie's walking, you have to make those moves. And Bab, to you real quick. I know when Duff said Celtics and Frank said Celtics for Davis, you like rolled your eyes. I mean, I heard you roll your eyes from here. Um, <laughs> I know it sucks, and it's like, oh my god, another great player to the other great team. But in the sense that we need the mo- we want the most competitive pinnacle of the NBA season, the playoffs. You put Anthony Davis on that Celtics team, and we're we're cooking, cooking. Yeah, I mean, you want to keep him in the East for sure. Um, you don't want any more talent over over the West, but. You're, I guess I did just roll my eyes because, well, Duff's a Celtics homer, fake Sixers fan, and he goes, oh, send Anthony Davis to the Celtics. I love Ireland. Yeah. I don't know where, like, because they can package their own pick with it Grizzlies doesn't even matter what you say pick. right now. You got roasted so hard. I just don't understand where else you can send him. No, no, I, I, I agree, but, I agree, but you got back roasted. To Ireland. Just shut up. That's why. That's why I put the stipulation. I was like, I don't care if it's realistic. What team do you want to see him on? And you said the Celtics. You said you wanted to see him on the Celtics. That's man. because he'd be playing the most competitive basketball we'd ever see him play in his career. I put him and, that's a, and and that makes for a sick Eastern Conference Finals and potentially a Finals because that's a team that could absolutely like. I don't know. Let's think. What would what would the Celtics have to give up? They got to get rid of that Memphis pick. Probably they have to get rid of at least one more pick, and then probably like Jalen Brown. Alpha. All right. Well, here's the thing. As a as a, a guy who claims Sixers fandom, let's just let's just hold back on the whole like sending one of the best big men in the league to a team in our conference with one of the best point guards in the league. Let's just hold back from that real quick. Yeah, I feel that. I, I agree, but I think what that does is it gives it like everybody's like, yeah, the Celtics are really good right now, but like, do we really believe in them? That move instantly makes it like, yep, we believe in them, and. They only get better when Gordon Hayward comes back. I, I don't see a situation where they're worse with him as well. Like Tatum but, um, off the bench? Yeah. I'll take Tatum off the bench now. And that, and that, that, like, for, for years yeah. to come, that makes Jalen Brown like somewhat expendable right now because they got Hayward locked down for years, and then they got – you bring in Anthony Davis, you still have Jason Tatum, and, and like you're, you're really in no worse position than you were to start with. Yeah. And I mean, the I, other I, thing, though, there's probably another player that they would have to get rid of. Maybe Samuel Ojale, but Maybe, but even but that be doesn't worth matter it. at that point. But the other thing is, 
if Anthony Davis moves, DeMarcus Cousins definitely moves. And same thing vice versa, I think. I think it's almost symbiotic. One goes, the other goes. It's simple as that. But I think DeMarcus Cousins going to a team in the East, whether it be Toronto or Washington. Dude, put him on the Wizards. Get him back with John or, Wall. Yeah, or, Washington. or even on the Wizards. So that puts those teams maybe not in the same realm as the Cavs and the Celtics, but I don't see how much closer you can get by the end of the year by acquiring any other talent in the league. Unlike, unless you're going to get a generational player, which doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And anyway, I, what I think should happen here is the Celtics should, or or the Pelicans, whoever really does this, um, they should break one story to Woj and one story to Shams. So they come out at the exact same time. People are just like, what? And then bug out. It would be, be freaking crazy. What I think would really be the best situation would be if Melo and DeMarcus Cousins both joined LeVar Ball's league and then they just (laughs) and then they just played one on the whole league was them playing one-on-one a series of times and then that was it all right well that would I have one more question because we got (laughs) to move on does does Memphis trade Marcus all no yes yes they just fired their coach to keep him happy now they're gonna gonna, move on from him too that's gonna be the blockbuster trade that happens this year GTFO bro where does he go where does he go nowhere Nobody wherever they can that. get value out of him. he I, I think he wants out. I don't care. No, I'm asking you, where do you think he'll go? I have no idea because I think that's that's something that's going to happen late. That's something that's going to happen. I think that will happen. I think Gasol's getting traded, but I think it's going to happen before the deadline, which is early February. Um, so who like knows? I said, I said Boston for Davis, but I don't think Boston makes as much sense for Marcus Gasol because you kind of just have Al Horford who does the same stuff he does, like a finesse big who can pass, yeah. shoot, rebound a little like defend the rim a little it, it's th- that wouldn't be a good fit for him and thinking about memphis as a franchise they have mike conley and mark gasol two guys who are all-star slash all-star jace i don't know if memphis is the type of organization to give up on their talent like they don't have means in memphis to get free agents first off and exactly they don't have one of their picks in the future we were talking about before so yep. i think they i think they hold on they hold on because they, th- they think Conley and Gasol with role players can make the playoffs. They almost beat the Thunder with that duo. For real, in the playoffs. Like, pushed them to seven games before. Like, it's, 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 I'm not saying it's a championship duo, but it's not a duo to be slept on when they're at full health. And for Memphis, you know, you got to take what you can get, I think. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of just at, good enough for a franchise like that. Look at teams like, that. like um, and then you gotta get the lucky. Timberwolves then who haven't been in the playoffs in, in so long. They like would 20 years. be in the situation that the Grizzlies were in. Yeah, I yeah but for, for Memphis, dude, both those guys are on the wrong side of 30. Like, I, I think they just – I think they got to get – they're on the wrong side of 30. They've done some stuff in years past, but that's not a championship team. And I guess if you're content just going to the playoffs and losing every year, yeah, you keep them, but – They should go know. back to Vancouver. Those jerseys were way, way cooler. Not even close. Just so much better. Close. The only thing that's cool about them now is that one of their minority owners is Justin Timberlake. And, like, that's, that's like, kind of cool, but, like, it's, it's not cool going to sell me. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Jay- yeah, it's not as cool as Jay-Z <laughs> being, like, a minority owner of the Nets. Yeah, for sure. Except he's not even that anymore. No, yeah, he's out. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's out. So is Pro. Damn. So he stole my fucking team just so he could be out like years later when he just destroyed them. Sick. Sorry, Duff. I don't your, feel bad. Your for you. team. I that don't feels think good, you dude. could ever use that phrase. 
<laughs> no, all, all the teams. Team of my all youth. No, all teams are Duff's teams. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love uh, all all thirty of my teams equally. Thirty-two, except for the Knicks. Um, uh, and the Thunder. We need true. We need to go. Well, basically anywhere Melo is. We need to move on though, because we have one more thing to talk about. We're coming on uh, a little bit of a while on this podcast here, but let's run through this pretty quick. So we want to talk about the All Stars because All Star voting starts up today. All-Star voting is happening now as we speak. So All-Star voting from the fans is only about the starters. So how about we do this? We'll go through it pretty quickly. Each of us will shout out who we think deserve to be NBA All-Star starters. Any volunteers on who wants to go first? Yeah, uh, let me... Okay, yeah, you go. Yeah, just let me grab... I'll just do one right now, and then and then I'll see what you guys say. Um, but I'm just going to go with my guy. I've been with him since the beginning. I think Oladipo should be an all-star. I think he deserves it with the way he's playing and how he's leading that team right now. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just – that's it's it. It's starter? pretty simple. I think Oladipo has earned himself a spot on that team. Do you and, think he could be a starter, though? Okay, okay, yeah, we're talking starters. Well, you're going to get Kyrie. He's going to be a starter in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Uh, I mean, who else you got? DeRozan, maybe? Bradley like. Beal. John Wall. I would uh, put Bradley Beal and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, it's tough. Beal, DeRozan, Wall. You're right. It's going to be tough for him to get get a starting spot. Um, But uh, I said it, so I'm going to give it to him. He's my starting guard. I think he'll be closer than we expect. I kind of think he'll be on the outside looking into starters. I think he will be an all-star, though. Um, I think I think we could all. He's earned it for like without a doubt. Yeah. Can we? I mean, his numbers are like almost exactly the same as DeRozan and Beal. True, but as far as they're all averaging like 24, four rebounds, like four or five assists. Does his name hold the weight to become a starter? That's where it comes tricky for him. (laughs) No, I agree with you, but I'm saying Babs' pick is not not crazy. Like he's he's he sees the future coming. He he recognizes the future is now. Well, then this is the thing. Like we talked earlier when it was like the Jalen Brown, um, D'Angelo Russell thing. You were like, who's going to get more media exposure? His numbers are very similar to DeRozan and. and Beal, but he's gotten that. Exp- I would say he's gotten more exposure this year just because he's kind of exploded. This has been his year that he's blown up. And um, they're the four and team, the number I four think, team in the East right now. And I he was recently traded, so him. I think he's gotten more media, more press. What goes against away him, from though, away from Russell Westbrook, where he got a lot better. Demar Derozan has been a starter, and this year specifically, he's having his most efficient offensive year. Right, and it's kind of like the LeBron thing, like. Yeah, like LeBron always puts up these kind of numbers, but he's doing it more efficiently than he ever did. So he's automatically in the MVP conversation because he has to be. Right. Same thing with DeRozan in this situation. Like a perennial All Star has his best statistical year. Y- you got to give it to him. There's kind of that thing in the NBA where a player makes an All Star team once, twice. And then the third time, and then it's like, all right, this guy's an All Star and he's going to be there every year. It's because mm-hmm. sustained top level is you don't see it. it like you see it very infrequently and the guys that do do it usually if you go to seven eight nine all-star games people talk about you like you're a hall of famer during your career um a la chris bosh whose career was ended short and everybody had that debate and they're like well he's a nine-time all-star and he won a couple of championships i'd say without a doubt he's a hall of famer right maybe not first ballot or whatever but w- when you start getting past like five six those are legit ass players, no yeah, doubt about for it. For sure. So I think the Eastern Conference, the starting five, the All Stars this year is from from one to five. It's going to be Kyrie, 
DeMar DeRozan, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, and Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, I, I thought you were just going to name the Celtics starting lineup to be a, <laughs> a typical Irish Guinness man. Well, well they, did, they did that with the with the Hawks a couple of years ago. You remember that? Yeah. When they yeah. set the whole starting five. Goddamn, Jeff Teague was that all-star, so it was Kyle Korver. Uh, I like that, Duff. I can get behind the Giannis, LeBron, Porzingis, and I think uh, we're talking about hype, and we're talking about media coverage, and we're talking about all that. Porzingis has gotten a ton of it, and I know me and Frank are literally sitting in New York, New York right now. We both work in Manhattan, so maybe it's a little more centralized for us. But I think he's getting the national hype. I think Porzingis is like national unicorn now. Like he's not just our little our our unicorn. He's the NBA's unicorn. I think he's going to be all star starter too. I think especially if they stay in the playoff picture and he and he stays on the court. Yeah, that that was going to be my thing. The one thing I can see challenging him is Embiid because his numbers have been so good so far. And he also gets the hype. And he gets a lot of hype too, but he hasn't played as much so far. So it, it's probably pretty pretty close. It is close, probably though. pretty close, but everybody. I think Embiid will get. Embiid or, um, sorry, Porzingis will get the nod, but it'll be close. Yeah, because everybody <laughs> harps on Embiid missing so many games because he has missed so many his career. That's so because you want to know why? Edge. That's because Porzingis keeps his load management in his private life. <laughs> Jen Selter's been taking care of that for him, man. Yeah, Embiid's load management is, is like public news. Porzingis keeps his, uh, you know, his load management too, oh, only semi-public. The other thing though is, he says his teammates call him the lizard because he heals so fast. Like, if he's saying that, like, he's been how, missing a lot of games for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Porzingis. He said, yeah, that. he said that his teammates call him the lizard. Why would you That's even want that nickname? So weird. <laughs> I mean, if you were a seven foot three Godzengus who is frequently compared to Godzilla on TV. Yeah, I guess that makes more sense when you talk when you say it like that. No, but for real, we, we I mean we talk about how good how it's a guards league and whatnot. I think the front court of the Eastern Conference is gonna be real close. There's a lot of there's a lot of good bigs in the Eastern Conference that are gonna be up there vying for, for the fan vote. Who's th- who's up there? But you you think Ben Simmons and MB have a, a chance to be in there in the start? I think I think listen, I think regardless of how many games he's missed, I think Embiid has earned his spot on that team. Um but I know the injuries and the games he's missed are gonna play into it. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a conversation between like him, you mentioned Chris Dobbs, Kevin Love's having a good year. Um he, he's had those like five, six years of all stars in a row. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Love's always an all-star, but Horford's up there. Like, the, the East has a lot of good bigs right now. Um, I don't think Drummond's going to be an all-star, but he's another good front court Eastern Conference player. Like, I think the, it's going to be – I think the front court vote's going to be closer than the back court vote for the Eastern Conference. I think Conference, we're sleeping on Al Horford, too. He's having a really what? good season. Al Horford. I think, I think Al Horford, Embiid, Simmons, Porzingis, and Giannis. Kevin Love – well, LeBron and Giannis are absolutely going to be starters. I think Porzingis and Bede Simmons. Um, yeah, but they all they're, Love, they're competing for the number five spot. And then they're but they're a, all going to be they're all going to be all stars though. I, I don't think right. Simmons. I, I Simmons is a close one for me, man. Yeah, that's a tough one. I like, don't know. Simmons. He's not going to be a starter. He's he not going to be a starter. Oh no, no way! But he might. But he be, might, yeah, he he might get, get the, the coaches like the co- you know the coach gets like one pick or whatever or like if someone gets hurt you know you get a, like a rotational guy in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think because if it's coming down to the coach's pick, right? They're thinking he's got rookie of the year locked up. He's averaging like eighteen, nine, and nine. That feel those feel like all star numbers. I don't know. 
I don't know if he's scoring that much, but it's like 17 and a half. He might might be going in as a guard, too, by the way, because ESPN has Ben Simmons as a point guard. Well, me and Duff, we brought that up the other week. I was talking to Duff. I was like, if Simmons is an all-star, what position is he voted in or does he get picked to go in as? I mean, he kind of he's kind of handcuffed because of that because he's a point guard, and you have you have to go against like Wall, Kyrie Lally. and John Wall and guys like that and Kemba. So I don't know. I think he should go in over Kemba just because he's new, he's exciting, and he is, can he, his ceiling is so much higher than Kemba's. Mm-hmm. So I think that's enough on the Eastern Conference. Yeah, let's, let's go west. Uh, let's move over. So. I guess my pick might be controversial, but I'm going with it. Um, I said it before the year. Uh, injuries have helped me out a little bit. Uh, I think the Western Conference all-star point guard starter is Damian Lillard. No chance. From the fan vote, there's literally no chance. No way. When's the last time Curry played? It doesn't matter. I don't care. It I don't doesn't. What, what, you think the fans aren't going to vote Curry in? It's gonna be. It's like, I guess it's like the Kirk, Kobe Curry thing. He didn't and even play a fucking game. That's bullshit, though. Curry and Harden will be the All Star starters. Harden's gonna be as a two this year. Oh, the, the two guards. I'm saying. That's, but yes. No. So he is, should be disqualified then, for missing. He hasn't a missed. Like, he's games. only missed the past week and a half. And he's gonna miss more because it's a bad ankle sprain. And he'll still be the All Star starter. And that's still bullshit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We, we out didn't of all say the guys who played the whole time, I think Dame's having a better year than. Russell Westbrook, Michael Conley's been non-existent. He, he literally hasn't played. Yeah, he's been out for like okay. all but like okay. five games. Non-existent. Um, who are the other point guards in the West that we'd feel comfortable bestowing that upon? I got nothing. Okay, so besides the bullshit fan vote, if we're just going straight by numbers and games played, I'd say Dame Lillard is the All-Star point guard out of the West right now. And I feel comfortable giving that to you because it's irrelevant because you took out the fan vote. <laughs> I mean, it's like I said, Kobe got in and didn't play a single game one year. Like, yeah, we, yeah. We should, and yeah, I'm pretty sure to a certain like, OK, so we're just going to vote who's the most popular players, because that's not really an interesting debate. That's like a finite argument there's actually but that plays into that. the fan vote like they're no, we're talking I, about I hear, starters i hear what frank is saying now he's just it's saying like, at this point right, we're arguing, your, your arguing nothing starters who, who has more fans stephen curry or damian lillard yeah now frank no is shit. picking who he would pick for the starters but yeah all right who deserves Damian it actually lillard, who else? which is why bab's pick was a good pick because does oladipo have the fans to get in as a starter no but does he have the numbers yeah that's why that was a good pick so I don't know why I'm getting flack for this one. I I, I, honestly, I understand that. Specifically. I mean, I also said no right Because the Oladipo away. is more likely than Damian Lillard, I would still say. Yeah, because Steph Curry doesn't play the two-guard in, in the East. Sorry. That, that matters. I don't <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell you. All right, it well, it doesn't. Uh, I think I think Dame's been ridiculous. He actually won't get All-Star snubbed this year, prob- probably. 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 If he doesn't, Let's he pray might. He, doesn't. he might get snubbed again. If he again. doesn't, I'm... Um, I'm starting a petition for something. I'm not sure what it is, but it's starting to go fund me for something. For yeah, something. Exactly. I'm gonna cry in a video. Do an ice bucket challenge just because. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this ice bucket challenge every day until Damian Lillard becomes an all star. 
Do you know what time it is? It's time for me to do an ice bucket challenge because Damian Lillard still isn't an all-star. Um, Frank's going to create a Twitter account. And it's like they, they have those for the Maple Leafs. Have the Maple Leafs won a cup yet? Yeah, Every yeah. day is, they just is tweet, Damian no, Lillard no, no. an all-star Is Damian yet? Lillard an all-star? No. No. <laughs> still no. Still no. Still no. Oh, man. Uh, well, let's move on to the forwards. What do, we, what do we got? We got Kevin Durant. I mean, again, yeah. that one makes sense because he's actually played and is actually having a good year. But um, it's gonna be Kevin Durant. I feel like this is the year that Towns can get in because I'm looking at the forwards in the in the West. Like as a starter, I guess. I mean, Anthony Davis has been hurt. Cousins Towns should, isn't even an all star, bro. Be, should definitely be in there. But I'm thinking about starters. That's why I'm. That's why I'm debating it. You guys are forgetting so think, whose team it is, though. Ooh, it's Jimmy's team. Yo, Jimmy's gonna be a starter. That's actually, no. That actually is a very no. He's not going to be a starter. Well, he's a guard though, right? No, he's a forward. He, a, he went forward. in as a guard forward last year in the in the East. I like think they have a weird position where like Gordon yeah. Hayward was the guard forward for the West, and I think he competes with Clay. Yeah, but Clay's not a starter either. You don't think Clay's a starter? And um, I don't think he'll no. get it. He's a, he's definitely a guard though. No, because if they're going to give the one to Steph, then they got to give the two to Harden, and then the okay. three. Yeah, yeah. Is I think this is why is Curry pro- ruins <laughs> It could argument. be Jimmy Butler because then the four is probably play. is probably oh. Kevin Durant, and then it's uh fuck uh Demarcus Cousins. I was gonna say Boogie too. Yeah, you know who's not gonna get it, which kind of sucks because it's a product of the team he's on. Paul George. I don't think he's gonna be. He's not gonna be a starter. Maybe he'll get put. I in. mean, he's also just not having a good shooting year. The, the whole but, team is well, that's, I think that's a product of the team he's on. Yeah, right, but yeah. again, I think that's a product of the team he's on. He he is he is probably in the lead for defensive player of the year right now because Kawhi's been out for so long and Draymond hasn't played in a little while. He is yeah, still leading the league in steals yeah. per game. He's been very good defensively. He Only always has to shout out, shout out Chris Dunn being second in steals per game. Pete, you were talking about earlier in the pod how you got to give the young guys a little more time. Like, I know he's older, but is there any reason that Chris Dunn can't be, like, P-Bev? Chris Dunn has been playing very well. Chris Dunn I should consider, be better than P-Bev. I consider him untouchable on the Bulls. If I'm the Bulls, I'm would, holding on like, to him. At worst, he 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 could be like Patrick Beverly, where he's just like a worst, lockdown yeah. defender who can knock down three-point shots. At worst, but I think he's shown more than Patrick Beverly ever has. Patrick Beverly's just done it more consistently. Yeah, he, uh, that Chris Dunn has more in the tank. Hundred percent. I yeah. I just, see, I'm just saying. You look at where you know he honestly reminds uh, where me he of? was on the Wolves, and he just like wasn't getting. He, he just wasn't playing well, and then he gets moved. He, There's no expectations. He's just working on his game night in, night, night to out. To me, he has a John Wall esque vibe to him. A big point guard. He moves well. He's a good defender. I don't think he has the same vision, but I think he could probably finish around the rim like him. I, I think he's going to be an effective point guard moving forward. But <laughs> I could see him being just like a like a solid second unit point guard, and then late in games you need perimeter defense against John Wall or Kyrie or whatever, and he could he could potentially do the job. Yeah. Um, wait, one more thing I want to add, by the way, to the Western Conference All Stars is oh, yeah. two guys who, uh, with a little bit of injury, a little bit of team uh, mishap, I guess who could have been in this conversation that are not, and that is Rudy <clears throat> Gobert and Nikola Jokic. So Rudy Gobert has been hurt and is out for a while, so he's obviously out of this conversation. But my man had such a great season last year. It's been upsetting to see him out. And Nikola Jokic is a little banged up. 
They've also lost Paul Millsap. The Nuggets have been just banged up in general. And uh, he hasn't really had the uh, fully in-stride season we expected. And I know I expected. I rank, I rank him really high. Still have faith in him long term. But I kind of hoped he uh, had some all-star aspirations this year. I don't think he has it in him. Yo, what, do, what do we think about an all-star starting five like this? You think this is feasible where you get Steph Curry, James Harden, you get Durant at the three, then you get LaMarcus Aldridge at the four. Totally forgot about him. And then you get Boogie at the five. Wait, can I just pause this real quick? Because I totally forgot. It's still going to get voted East and West, but this All-Star game isn't getting played that way. Oh, snap. Oh, my God. It's getting played pickup style. And that is a news reminder from Justin Bad, brought to you by no one. So starters don't matter. <laughs> starters literally don't matter. No, they do matter. The top two They matter for matter. voting. Whoa. No, they don't. Only the top two matter. The top two get to pick the rest of everybody else. So, say, just for argument's sake, uh, LeBron and Kyrie are number one and two in the vote. Which would be lit. They're the captains. It doesn't matter that they're both from the East. And then, you know, all the all, all the starters may end up on one team. You know, right. So, it might not be five and five on the starters. That's, uh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a little yeah, fun. That is going to be fun. I, ho- I hope they do it, like, straight, like, and schoolyard style. I'm going to let you know right now. I'm going on record. LeBron James is not drafting a Golden State Warrior on his all-star team. I'm just going to say that's not. Petty Bron. If, if he, that is if Petty Bron. If he does, Clay. <laughs> yeah, it's Clay. It's got to be. It's got to be. And if and if LeBron is a captain and Kyrie's standing there and Kyrie's the last pick, LeBron's pulling a fan out. <laughs> yeah, he's pulling a fan right out. He's pulling a fan out. He's saying he's Kyrie, pulling, go Not even a fan. Seat. He's pulling Ron Baker out. Yo, nah. <laughs> He's gonna be like, yo, Ty Lue, can you can you suit up? <laughs> I'll make Kyrie coach this team. Oh man, that's good stuff, man. All star conversations are gonna heat up. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We got NBA Christmas coming soon. We're gonna do some uh, post games on on the NBA Christmas specials. But hopefully, you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, Duff, Bab, and Frank. Any last words out of you three? Uh, Bab or Duff spoke it into existence. Chris Dapps for Zingas. Let's get him to that all-star game, folks. Let's get him to be so, The outsiders are always ahead of the curve, Captain whether KP, no one baby. wants to give us credit or what. Captain Unicorn. Come on. Let's do it, New York. Just never give up on the process. <laughs> Trust until I die. And this has been the NBA Outsiders. I'm Pete, Frank, Duff, Bab in the house. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time.